Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my first look episodes, but again, I'm not by myself because today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I like I like that dramatic pause before you said hello, Frank. Yeah. For some reason, I forgot that I normally say hello, Frank. <laughs> just like, <laughs> despite the fact that I've said it about 200 times now. Yeah, just a cool just, 200. Just, exactly. just slipped my mind. So we're doing cards. Yeah, Devil yeah. Reef. This is always fun, isn't it? A new pack. Although this, this pack, fun. we've we've seen quite a lot of the cards anyway. Yeah. I think it's going to be this weird thing where it's sort of a first look but it's also a what thoughts have been percolating for a little while because yeah. i think there's only a couple of cards we don't know as you said so yeah the, the, the takes aren't quite box fresh they're, they're mm-hmm. a little bit stale but hopefully still still edible maybe they mature with age can we make like them a, into a, like a cheese a cheese yeah, yeah exactly rather than like fine a, veined takes yeah rather than stale bread or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right well do you want to read us our first card yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a keen eye. So mm. this is a two-cost asset for zero experience. So this is a level zero version of keen eye level three, which we've had for quite some time. That came out in, uh, was it Blood on the Altar? Yeah, good knowledge. So yeah, uh, asset, it has a, uh, a intellect and a combat pip, and it's a talent. It has free action, spend two resources. You get plus one intellect until the end of the phase. Free action. Spend two resources, you get plus one combat until the end of the phase. Mm-hmm. So this differs from Keen Eye in that it is not permanent. Yes. So it's two cost and an action to start making the most of that boost. Yes. Keen Eye is probably the least played of the permanent assets, certainly in my household, the permanent skill boosters anyway, from that pack. Partly because it comes in a faction guardian where resources can be tight, and because of the way its boosts work, it's a two-for-one boost, although admittedly over multiple actions, when you compare it with higher ed or streetwise that give you much more generous ratios, it just always doesn't feel worth it. Uh, So I feel really weird about the fact that there's a level zero version now, I'm not sure... I'm not really sure where it fits or who wants it or yeah. how to roll with it. Yeah, what do you think? I tend to agree. I, I don't know whether Frank will have edited that out, but the, the, this card was so shocking I sneezed just after <laughs> I read it out. Yeah, I will edit out the sneeze. Okay, yeah. that's a shame. But yeah. Like you, Frank, I, I've, I've played with all of the permanent stat boosters from uh, Blood on the Altar at various points. And yeah, Key and I, although I was, I was keen... Mm-hmm. To make it work, okay. I, I, it never really took off in any decks I've put it in. Uh, the, the The window of application to me is if you are testing, if you're doing three of the same test in a turn, mm-hmm. it definitely feels worthwhile then. Yeah, because spending two to get one boost doesn't feel great. I mean, nope. getting it on two consecutive attacks actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, actually not bad, I would say. Yeah. There's that, that English translation chart, isn't there, where pretty good means not great. And <laughs> yeah. Not bad means pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, even on if you're taking two tests, spending two to get plus one on both tests, it sort of feels on par with the other stat boosters. Mm. And it, on any tests that you're going to be doing that, I think intellect and combat, because you'll be like, well, I'll spend a turn getting clues, or I'll spend a turn fighting this five health enemy. Mm-hmm. Those feel like the two tests where it's more valuable to have those turn-long boosts. Well, yes. phase-long yeah. boosts, I guess. Mm. But that said, the level 3 one has never worked for me. Uh, and you have that from the start of the game. Mm. So I can't imagine the level 0 one is, is going to really be fighting to find a home in my decks. Mm. So there's a few tiny things i well a few different thoughts i have there the first is that point you make about spend two to get plus one twice where this card is worse than say physical training for the combat boost is that if you only have one resource you can at least get plus one for one of the two tests with physical training but with keen eye unless you have two resources the card doesn't work it's good if you have the two but if you don't even have the two resources you're sort of stuck which i think is another problem with it that it it 
doesn't allow you for like, oh, and I've got one last resource. I just need to kill this enemy. Okay, I'll put a boost in. You can't do it with this. I found the most success I've had with Keen Eye is actually taking your point about doing the same action multiple times and trying to take that to its logical conclusion. And I ran it in a Leo and Leo deck. Yep. So it was Leo Anderson with Leo DeLuca, so that when I paid two resources with Keen Eye, I was giving myself the opportunity to have at least four actions worth of boost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've actually just triggered another thought, thought for me. If, mm, if you finish on. talking about Leo and Leo. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say with it. Yeah. So, so, so the difference here is that it, it's, it can be taken in off-class Guardians as well, right? Yes, because it's level zero now. So if we can think of an investigator who maybe does a bit of investigating, maybe does a bit of fighting, has plenty mm. of money and has access to Guardian cards... Yeah. Who do we end up with? Mr. Slips, Mr. Right? Slips himself, yeah. yeah so exactly. Th- that's maybe the the crowning the crowning glory. The, no, what's the word I'm looking for? The saving grace. There we go. <laughs> jewel in the crown. It's jewel in the crown. The eye, the keen eye in the crown. Yeah, and he gets extra actions as well. So he's got lots of money. Mm. He's got extra actions. He wouldn't mind either of those stats being boosted, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this maybe there's a home for this in him. There's one other thing I would acknowledge with this as well, then, which is my final point, I think. Yes. The other level zero versions of the Blood on the Altar stat boosters, uh, apart from Blood Pact, came out with the starter decks. So we saw Streetwise, Higher Red, and Scrapper in their respective faction starter decks. Yes. And one of the big problems for Nathaniel is getting clues. Yes. Or it seems like it's a problem if if he's trying to get clues solo and he had copies of physical training in his deck. And I really wish they'd put this keen eye in there instead. <laughs> because a way to the, the the big important thing here is if we compare this to physical training, the stats this boosts are both the progressive or offensive stats, whereas physical training gives you a defensive as well as an offensive stat. And I think that difference is important. You know, like Skids is another good example. You might want physical training over this because you might actually want to boost your willpower to protect you against treacheries. Yeah. If that's the thing you're worried about. And likewise, you might want this in Nathaniel or another solo guardian. And any resource surplus you can generate goes into helping you get clues rather than boosting you to fight. So that's my final thought, that maybe having the intellect boost at level zero is pretty useful for guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd also say, I'd, if we talk about resource-rich factions, Guardians don't necessarily spring to mind. No. Mainly because they tend to be resource-hungry in lots of areas. Mm. So having the more expensive, or the, the I'll say less efficient boost in, in that faction has always felt like the, the, the millstone around the neck of Kenai. Yeah. I mean, we've asked MJ about it, and part of it's deliberate, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't suggest it's anything otherwise. And yeah, like I say, I, I, you know, maybe in a skids deck. I keep seeing cards which make me want to try skids again. Mm. Loki, one of my favorite investigators, I think. Loki, isn't he in? <laughs> oh, see what Wait. Right, let's move on. Okay. The next card is Radiant Smite, or as you called it earlier, Radiant Smile. <laughs> yes. Before we recorded. <laughs> She is sort of smiling, but I don't know if you could call it radiant. So this is a one-cost Guardian event, one XP, willpower and combat icons, spell, spirit, and blessed, which means Mateo can take <laughs> Bite. You may use willpower instead of combat for this attack. When you initiate this attack, search the chaos bag for up to three blessed tokens and seal them here. For each blessed token sealed on radiant, radiant smite, you get plus one skill value and deal plus one damage for this attack. If this attack defeats the attacked enemy, return the sealed tokens to the token pool. Otherwise, release them. Release them meaning release them back into the bag, importantly. Yes. So if you kill the enemy, the tokens leave the bag. If you don't kill the enemy, they go back in the bag. That's Radiant Smite or Smile. The art is amazing, isn't it? The art's very good, yes. It's a very Guardian figure they've they've depicted on the art there. I like it a lot. Mm, yeah. So so did your mind go to the same first place mind did when you thought about this card? Sister Mary. No. Well, three damage. Three damage, yeah. Could be three could be four damage, right? It could be four damage. Four damage probably less exciting than three damage for, for mm. some reason. For three health enemies. Three right? health enemies, is, yeah. yeah. Or, or five yeah. health enemies. 
I think that's good. I think a, a cheap, easy source of doing three damage. Mm-hmm. And you'll get, what, plus two skill as well? Yeah. So Two skill, two bless, yeah. What's that put system area? Actually, four willpower. Mm-hmm. So that's that's not bad, is it? No, not bad at all. She, so she's a six when she fights with this, yeah. which is super nice. Yeah. I love the fact that you can use willpower or combat, but you get to choose. Yes. So you could run this in your Roland or Joe or Mark Harrigan or whatever you want to run it in and not worry about having to switch to willpower and just use your combat because that's your highest stat. Or if you have high willpower like Diana or Mary, you switch to that side. In fact, Diana's a great place for this because Diana, well, she, she, she's got a, a, a a flaw on the stat of three, isn't she? Because she's got mm-hmm. combat three until her willpower is boosted up by cancelling stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it can normally get to a reasonable place with either stat. Yeah. And Mateo also fights at a four if he uses his willpower, which seems pretty decent as well. Uh, a six. Well, four plus. Yeah, six. If well, you well sorry. A couple it, of tokens, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, from four. Yeah. I think this is a really nice, fun cool card we've known about it for a while yeah the, the other thing i like i've been starting to divide bless and curse tokens into the cards that deal with them anyway into cards that add them to the bag so i'm mainly thinking of those as cost cards and the, then the cards that use them in the bag yeah so effect so as an example deep knowledge you put two curse into play deep knowledge and then any of the cursed spells have effects when you see curses so this is definitely an effect bless card it has an effect based on bless in the bag so you're going to want to run it in concert with ways of getting bless into the bag yes the reason why i went straight to sister mary is of course at the end of turn one she has three bless in the bag if you haven't taken any tests and removed any yeah so then radiant smite is online for her to start smashing things in the face which i think is really cool what i like is that this doesn't need you to pull there's there's no element of chance here aside from just the test itself you don't need to pull a blessed token or anything like that which can sometimes kill some of these cards dead until you, you've got a really stacked bag or ways of drawing additional tokens if there's the three blessed tokens in the bag you can use this or well i mean even even one blessed token in the bag you can use this or none i guess <laughs> i don't, i don't know why you would do that the other card I think this compares well to is Vicious Blow, specifically Vicious Blow level 2. Um, mm. so, it's, so it's one fewer experience. If you're running a Bless deck, that is. Yes. Vicious Blow level 2 would give you two icons, and it would deal three damage if you succeed by two, mm-hmm. which effectively yeah. cancels out the boost. Yeah, it raises the difficulty by two. Yeah, although you will deal two damage yeah. anyway. But this, if you seal two tokens, you're getting plus two skill value, which you would get, and you get you deal three damage, regardless yeah. of how much you pass by. And it only yeah. costs one experience. Yeah. yeah. It won't obviously stack with the benefit of Vicious Blow, is that it can go into any attack with any weapon that anyone at your location is making. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, this, yeah. This yeah, is self-contained, but Vicious Blow level 2, it's, it's t- you tend to use it for taking chunks out of big enemies or for helping you get the last damage on a, on a 3 health enemy, right? Or or an odd health enemy. Yeah, yeah. I think this, I, I, I like this. and I think, I, like, it, I think that's a really good observation, yeah. You could also put, uh, if you're using combat, you can put Vicious Blow into the, the, the Radiant Smite, right? Yeah, yeah, you could. Funnily enough, when you said about Vicious Blow, that there are people who can take this that can't take Vicious Blow yeah. level two. Yes. So like you could take this in Calvin because it's spirit traded. And I love that you've got the choice of a mental stat or a physical stat. So depending on the damage and horror you've taken, you can pick the one that you want to use. He could be running Keep Faith and things like that to fill the bag with Bless and then use this. Obviously, you can't run Vicious Blow level two. Uh, it's also a, an event that deals damage, isn't it? So Nathaniel could run it as well yeah, and do an extra point of damage. So that means if you have three Bless in the bag, this is a five damage attack for Nathaniel at level one. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, five yeah. damage for one card, one cost. Like Then it does become your five health enemy solution, right? <laughs> in one action. Just, just a just, holy punch. Yeah, exactly. Radiant smite them. Okay, that's nice. Should we move on? Yeah, I like that a lot. I think it's 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 nice. Okay, right. Next, we have got a seeker card, the Truth Beckons. 
And this mm. is a one-cost event with an intellect and an agility pip. Uh, and it has the insight trait, naturally. Play only if you are not engaged with an enemy. Move. Choose an unrevealed location. Move one location at a time along the shortest path toward that location until you enter that location. End this effect if you reveal a location, if an enemy engages you or your movement is blocked. Mm-hmm-hmm. Now, you've been quite excited about this card, haven't you? Uh, maybe, but I think just because I think it's cool. Mm, I think it's cool. With cards like this, I like to try and picture occasions when the effect would be very useful. Yes. And so I'm going to talk now about the Pit of Despair, which is the first Innsmouth scenario. So if you haven't played that yet, just skip forward the 10 seconds it'll take me to tell this story. Obviously, with that scenario, you end up going one way and then you might want to head the other way. And then you might also find that you want to head back again based on how the map lays out. I'm actually saying this vaguely enough that it doesn't matter too much. This could save you five actions. Yeah, I could think of a lot of scenarios like that. Yeah, consider, even Midnight Masks. Say. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, consider um, Thousand Shapes of Horror. Mm. Consider... Yeah, you unspeak- head up to the attic yeah, and then head back down. Exactly, yeah. Unspeakable Oath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Consider the... What's the the first one in the Dreams Eaters cycle in the hospital? Oh, Waking Nightmare. Waking Nightmare, yeah. yeah. Had a nightmare in it. Heading back up. Yeah, yeah. It, it, any of those locations where you, you sort of at the back and then you head up. And in fact, what this yeah. lets you do is aggressively move. So say you're playing, let, let's pick a very early example. Let's look at House Always Wins. Say, you know, you haven't dealt with the pit boss. You you move the pit boss to, the, to outside the front of the club, evade mm. him, then play this. And you shoot straight back into one of the back rooms. In, that you in, haven't in, yet revealed. In a yeah. single action. Yeah, it's, that's it's a, really nice. A bit like Elusive, which we know is a very powerful card, mm-hmm. but but more limited in that, well, it doesn't cost, was it two experience for Elusive these days? Yes, yeah. But that you can't move through enemies on your way to wherever you're going. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few different restrictions here as well, because you have to pick an unrevealed location as well yeah. to, to choose. So that means like you couldn't play this in Dim Carcosa and just move all around the map because everything's revealed. So it's sort of blanked in that way. Yeah. It almost incentivizes you if you know you're coming back to an area to not fully explore an area so that you can, you've got one unrevealed location that you can get yourself back to, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If that's what you're using it for. Oh, yeah, actually, I, I almost forgot that it needs to be an unrevealed location. I was wondering if you were going to say that, but I think your example still holds yeah. for House Always Wins, because if you've got one of the back room doors still unrevealed, you head back into the club, deal with the pit boss, and then play this to teleport to the back room door. Yeah. You know, it might all it might work out being more action efficient to move you to an unrevealed location that you actually don't need to go to, as long as it pulls you closer to your target. Yeah. Which is kind of intriguing. Yeah. Of course, the other thing that's fascinating about this is that this card doesn't work at all if you've revealed everywhere. Yes. So, like, later in a scenario, this card could be dead. So at least it has icons, I guess. But, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's competing with, say, Shortcut. So it needs to have something over Shortcut, which is that this could give you loads of moves. Yeah. But then also have other restrictions and things like that. It's got a cost. It takes an action you can't play it if you're engaged with an enemy, all of those kind of things we've mentioned. Yeah, it's intriguing. How do these cards that work moving you multiple locations, uh, if you want to trigger something that triggers when you move into a location, will it interrupt this effect and then you continue with the effect? I think if it's a forced effect upon entering, you can do it. But if it's something like a free triggered effect, there's no player window mid-move. What about a reaction? What reaction well, saying I mean, when it, you, ent- when you enter draw a card? Enough, yeah, instance. yeah, I think you're allowed to do that because that that reaction isn't you're you're meeting the condition for that reaction, aren't you? Which is just when you enter a location. It's not saying when you enter a location at the end of a move or something like that. So I think yeah. that's okay. It's field field work, Ursula. Yeah, field work, Ursula. Just zooming around. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I think truth truth beckons is it's kind of intriguing. I think it will be fun. Do you know what else it makes me think? If you're an experienced player, you could probably get a lot of action compression out of this card. Like it'll reward knowing the scenario. careful thought, yeah, and positioning yeah. enemies in the right place and all of that kind of thing. Okay, next we have Gaze of Uraksh, 
which is a two-cost Seeker event, two XP, combat and agility icons, it's Spell and Cursed, reveal seven random Chaos tokens from the Chaos Bag. Deal a total of one damage plus one additional damage for each Curse or Autofill token revealed, divided as you choose among enemies at your location. This action does not provoke attacks of opportunity. I love the art on this card. Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely bananas. Something about the way her hand is being held and the fact that she's got a weird eye in the wrong place really reminds me of Pan's Labyrinth and that creature with the eyes Uh, in its hands. Even though, obviously, she doesn't have an eye in her hand. It still reminds me of that. I think it's really good. The thing that it's really difficult to evaluate about this is how much damage you'll do with it. Yes, and and to me, that's, that's the problem. The problem and also the kind of the fun of it that you slam it and... I guess you definitely get the one damage. <laughs> yeah. but, but one damage for two cost and two XP it doesn't feel great. Mm. You're going to want to play this potentially when you're surrounded by enemies. Mm-hmm. And if you if you throw this out there, especially because... Oh, it does, you don't take a tactical opportunity uh, and you only yeah. end up with one damage, you're going to feel a bit hard done by. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. To me, where this really leaps out is as a four-player card, or three or four-player at least, mm-hmm. where the Seeker, or whoever it is who's taking this, can take it as a kind of cute thing, and it's like, uh, if you're getting mobbed, this is a bit of a panic button that might help with that situation. Yeah. But the person who's running it, their role isn't to reliably kill enemies. Yeah. Because if that, if that was their role, this seems like a really dangerous bet. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's that's where I'm at with it. I think it's really cool, but <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It's it's in the situation where you've got a couple of enemies and then a whippoorwill on you or an acolyte yeah. at your location. I feel yeah. like it, it. That's the time to play it. Mm-hmm. Swarm enemies as well, right? Yeah, swarm enemies. Absolutely. It's like how many of these can we pick off? Let's have a go. Yeah, you're not going to get eight damage with this, or it's very unlikely, because to even have a reasonable chance of that, you need. 10 curse in the bag and the auto fail and so that will be 11 tokens out of say 26 or 27 tokens so the chance of drawing uh, seven of those is super slim so I, I like that there's the possibility of this being an eight damage card but i think it's very unlikely right i peg it at a three damage hopefully card <laughs> yeah weird yeah So next is Priest of Two Fates. It's a one cost, one XP asset with an agility icon, ally, blessed and cursed. Reaction after Priest of Two Fates enters play, add three blessed tokens to the chaos bag. Forced at the end of the upkeep phase, you must either add one cursed token to the chaos bag or discard Priest of Two Fates. Two health, two sanity, ally slot. The reason I'm rushing through it is that we announced this card. and We said quite a lot about it. Any new thoughts since we've done that? No, I think we we, we spoke about it to, uh, at quite some length on our announcement podcast. Yeah. And we talked a lot about our initial thoughts on Curse, having played several games of a Curse team. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're interested in this card, definitely go and listen to that. And I think that we're going to build on that in the future. Yeah, towards and the in end fact, of the cycle. go listen to that for me talking about Curse rather than my rather clumsy Gaze of Uraksh comments. <laughs> yeah. I feel like... Talk a bit more eloquently there. Right, well, let's move straight on. Do you want to read us Under Surveillance? Yeah, absolutely. I, I quite like this card. This was announced by mm. the uh, Archivos... Nope, Mythos no. Busters. Mythos Busters, right. Uh, oh, uh, Archivos announced the Abyssal Tome, right? Yes, yeah, coming okay. up, yeah. Okay, Under Surveillance. This is a three-cost, one-experience event. It is an intellect and an agility pip. It has the tactic and trap traits attached to your location. Limit one per location. And it has forced. After a non-elite enemy enters attached location, discard under surveillance, automatically evade that enemy and discover one clue at attached location. That enemy does not ready during the next upkeep phase. <laughs> Very nice. Now, you know what? So, under surveillance and a couple of the other cards in this pack, Radiant Smite. Mm. Do you know what it feels like to me? feels like the one experience card that we would have normally got... Uh, in the course, in the deluxe box, rather. Yeah, yeah. Feels We've like just shunted them a couple of packs later. Yeah, it feels very like a, an upgrade, which is very core to how the the factions investigator works in this cycle. Because mm. mm. this is a great card, Trish. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I wonder if we're seeing also the impact of Jeremy being involved. That there's maybe 
it feels like after the sort of the chaos of the Dream Eaters and all the different myriad bonded and everything, it feels like an Innsmouth, the XP is going up fairly steadily. Mm. And from the announcements we've seen, it looks like we're about to hit a two to three XP band of cards and then we'll hit a three to four XP sort of fairly regularly. Maybe there's something there. This, so sorry, yeah, I cut you off. This does seem like an amazing Trish card. She pays three for it. And when the enemy enters, they get evaded and you get a clue. And because you're Trish, when you discover a clue at your location, if it has an enemy, you can discover an additional clue or evade an enemy. So you could already have an enemy on you that you get evaded. So you evade two enemies with this, or you could get one evade and two clues for three costs. Yeah, crazy compression. I, I think this is really good. I don't know what you think. I think this is mm. this is a super solid card. The situation in which you'd use it, I think, would come up quite a lot. Yeah, it makes me particularly think of hunter enemies hunting in on your location. Exactly, yeah. And it even reminds me, actually, of what we've had happen in our curse team recently, which is that we've evaded a hunter enemy and moved on. And then a following turn, there's the hunter is catching up with us. And we've got to decide, right, does Trish go back and evade that enemy? Or do we let it hunt in and one of us takes the hit? Because it's pretty inefficient to go back to locations you've already finished with to deal with an enemy that's anyway going to hunt to you. But the penalty for not spending the actions going back and then coming back is getting hit, which is kind of annoying, obviously. So yeah, no, I think it's good. The other place I'd look at this is that it's an auto-evade and an auto-clue. Yeah. And I think I mentioned to you it made me think of Preston then. He doesn't care that it costs three, which is pretty pricey. It kind of it combines Intel report and decoy for yes. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes. I think that that's a that's a good observation. Because obviously with Intel Report you can never increase the cost of Intel Report to make it evade an enemy. And with decoy you can never increase its cost to the point where it gets you clues. But with under surveillance it does both. So it's sort of nice. I like that you get the clue at the location even if you're not there. So the other cool thing is you could attach this at a difficult-to-investigate location if you know that the scenario has enemies that specifically spawn at that location. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's um, cultists that you know will spawn at the location farthest from you and you're going to leave, or it's you know a specific enemy that's going to spawn there. So you can also, yeah, you can, you can set up the trap, basically, which is great, isn't it? That's what you want for a trap card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's cool. The other thing it's made me think of is Ambush as well, which is another attached to your location card. But Ambush, when you leave the location, you discard it. And I really like that you can put under surveillance down and leave and you're not committing to stay there. Like That's, I think, one of the downsides of Ambush, that you lay your Ambush, but obviously if you walk off, it doesn't do anything. So you've wasted the action and the two costs to play it. Whereas with under surveillance... You could put this down on a hub location, say, where you know enemies will hunt through later in the scenario, and you'll get your clues that way. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's me to read Blood Pact. Yes, please do. Blood Pact is a two-cost asset, zero XP, willpower and combat icons, spell and pact traded. Free trigger, add one doom to Blood Pact. You get plus two willpower for this skill test. Limit once per test. Or free trigger, add one doom to blood pact. You get plus two combat for this skill test. Limit once per test. So blood pact was the fifth and final of the skill boosters that came out in Blood on the Altar. The big difference here is that this is two cost and an action to play and not permanent. Yes. And it has the icons. But also, the permanent version gives you plus three yes. boosts. And this only gives you plus two for a doom. Yes. Interesting. It's been a while, a good while, since I did like a a, a doom, a full on doom deck mm. with things like moonlight ritual to shift stuff around. Yeah. So I I don't know how that works these days. Whether there's been other pieces of that 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 engine which have come out which are good. Mm. What uh, what's your feeling? My feeling is that the weirdly the main thing that's come out is more spell events that mean if you're playing that doom engine in Marie there's more things you can use your ability on once you get Doom in play. So what I'm thinking of is, say, um, Soothing Melody is a spell. Yeah. 
and Bloodrite is a spell, and she can run Hallowed Mirror and Occult Lexicon. So once you have Doom in play, you can be using that extra action. So it doesn't just need to be extra actions for Rite of Seeking or Shriveling. It can be extra actions for those spells, or also like an extra action to Spectral Razor or Read the Signs or things like that. That's the only thing I think that's significantly changed for the Doom stuff in Marie, is that there's more spells that she can play with that extra action. Beyond that, I can't think of too much that's changed. No, I yeah, I would agree. I think having spared the action and the two to play it feels feels tough. Mm. I feel like Blood Pact is it, it, the, the standard use case would be you use it in the in the the, the Witching Hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to have like a turn where you could smash it, and that's kind of quite scenario dependent. Lots of scenarios have well, some scenarios have like quite fast-paced agendas you get lots of chance to use this others Mm. have got maybe only two or even one and this becomes a harder sell yeah the fact that it's not a permanent does mean that you could somehow kill the asset Mm. and get rid of the doom on it yeah not not too easy to do when it's not using a slot because you can't overwrite it and or (laughs) it doesn't have any soak but you know you've got sacrifice and sacrifice might seem like a good card to run in, in a doom build anyway yeah, that's Especially true. when we look that's at the, the next card we're about to look at. Okay. The other thing I'd say that maybe holds back Blood Pact is, certainly the, the 3XP version, when we look at our Mystic's combat scores, they're often using willpower instead of combat anyway. So Agnes, combat 2, maybe using the Cleaver. Jim, combat 3. I mean, there, was, there were Jim Machete builds for a while, but I haven't really seen anything like that for a good while now. And who came after that? Akachi's only combat three. So, yeah, and then Mateo is combat two. So it never sort of, like, leapt out to me of, like, oh, I can use either of these boosts really well in the way that, say, streetwise, when you see the intellect and agility boosts in Rogue, it's like, okay, yeah, I can make this work. I'm going to use the point you made about keen eye level zero. This, of course, can go into off-class mystics as well. Yeah, yeah. And it could even go into something like, say, Zoe. Yeah. If you want to be saving your resources... You could instead be using Doom for boosts if you needed it, potentially. That, that, that's that's a nice point, actually. I do like that. Seems quite quite unchristian of Zoe, but but yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, sign of, that's legit. Sign of blood pact, yeah. And I tell you what, do you know? Remember when we did that competition to design a skill card? Mm. One of my favorite ones was it was it Dark Ritual, which you could remove up to three Doom from cards you control and then add up to three Doom to cards you mm. control, right? And it, it gave you like plus one for every difference. Yeah, yeah, uh, or, or minus one if you if you were taking Doom off. Uh, I think I think that's how it worked. That would be great with some of these cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pile the Doom. On. Take all yeah. your Doom off Blood Pact and put it on Renfield. Get loads of money and then sacrifice them. Yeah, nice. What's next? So we have uh, Abyssal Tome. This is a two cost asset and it's two experience. It has an intellect and a combat pip, and it has item Tome. Action, Exhaust Abyssal Tome, Fight. You may use either Intellect or Willpower for this attack instead of Combat. When you initiate this attack, you may place one Doom on Abyssal Tome to a maximum of three. You get plus one skill value and deal plus one damage for this attack for each Doom on Abyssal Tome. And it has a... Uh, it's, it's a hand slot. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Actually, if you could move Doom onto this card, there'd be no no limit. You wouldn't have the maximum mm. three limit. So you could be doing like 10 damage if you could get that much Doom on it. Good job that card the... doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> is there a way of moving Doom beyond the fan created? Yeah. What do you think of this? There's so much to pass, isn't there? <laughs> I like this. I think let's let's state the obvious first. It's a tome that Daisy can take. So she could use her Tome ability for a free fight action or an extra fight action every round. And she gets to use either of her two better stats instead of her combat, which seems really cool. I mean, even if you didn't want to do anything playing around with Doom, this is a pretty nice solution for one health enemies. She gets to fight at a five using her Tome action, you know, not, not worrying about it, wasting her time or needing a mind over matter or a shriveling charge or all the other ways that Daisy kills enemies that's before you've even basically read anything below the second line yeah and, and i'll just add we've seen uh, knowledge's power get hit in the taboo list 
mm. uh, which lets you ignore the costs for activating yes. a tome asset. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> or a spell. Or yeah, a spell, spell yeah. Or a spell, spell asset. Yeah. Here, the, adding the doom isn't part of the cost. So it's not like you can you can deal extra damage without adding doom. But you couldn't do that anyway because you deal extra damage equal to the doom on it. Yes, but... I mean, Knowledge is Power is a good point here because what you could do is Knowledge is Power Abyssal Tome to attack and add a Doom. And that means that the Abyssal Tome hasn't exhausted. And then attack again. And, and then attack again yeah. and add another Doom. And then you've you've got up to two Dooms. So that's plus two skill and plus two damage. Yeah, which so then is quite it's, nice. Three damage. That'd be... you've, done, yeah, you've done five damage in total in one action. Two plus yeah, three. Yeah, sorry. You, two, two you deal three. five damage in total, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to do maths in my head. <laughs> two plus yeah. three is yeah, five I mean, <laughs> yeah it's, it's difficult when you're recording as well yeah yeah i mean the 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 kicker here is how do you navigate if you're not running knowledge as power the fact that this is exhausting slowly because you don't necessarily know that the full health enemy is coming up in three turns time and you might not have an enemy you want to fight that's only two health this turn to build up to getting three doom on on the abyssal tome yes. to deal with the enemy. It's not like you can, I can just see it going yeah. wrong a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you just you can't. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. It's not like Renfield where you can just tap him and get the doom on him. Yeah, and then keep him at one doom if you want, or or, or tick him up. Yeah, so so you might see no enemies, no enemies, no enemies, and then there only be two doom left until the agenda is ticking over, and you draw a three health enemy, and you're like, ah, how do I? Can I? Is there a way of getting two doom on this to hit? So. Funnily enough, it reminds me of Gaze of Uraksh, where it's unreliable damage. And, may- and you know, maybe that is a positive step in the game, that reliable damage will remain the domain of Guardians. Yeah. And other people can do damage, but they're going to have to like lean more into their factions, whatever it is, cursing for Seekers or Doom for Mystics. That might be, might be cool. Yeah. If you pull Marie's Elder Sign... You could remove or add Doom. You can add Doom beyond three. Ooh. And then Mystifying Song to not <laughs> immediately advance the next agenda. Yeah. That's pretty cool, right? I mean, I suppose if you're taking this card, you're already playing... You're already engaging with playing with Doom and willing to take the risk with that. So... So, Marie, what you do is you you, you play Knowledge's Power in the Witching Hour. Yeah. Yeah. Then you tap it. Then you pull an Elder Sign somehow, play yeah. Seal of the Elder Sign to add another Doom to it. <laughs> yeah, and then the yeah. next turn, do all that again and then play Moonlight Ritual. <laughs> nice. I thought it was the Witching Hour there. Does it matter? Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. no, nice. That's good. Simple. Like, again, the thing that gets me excited about this card is how tricky it will be in play. You'll, like, get it down and be a turn behind where you need to be or get it down and it not do too much. But I think it's really intriguing. Yeah, cool. Uh, it, it seems cool. Right, should we move on? Next is Butterfly Effect. It's a zero-cost event, one XP, a wild icon. It's Survivor, Paradox, Blessed, and Cursed. Fast, play when a Chaos Token with a symbol is revealed during a skill test at your location before resolving its effects. So that's step three. You or the performing investigator may either commit a card to this skill test or return a card they committed to this test to their hand. Hmm. So, so Silas on a stick, it's a sort of? shot Silas, sort of. But the, the, the crucial thing to me is that you can commit a card to the skill test uh, after mm-hmm. seeing the token, which, which is yeah. the reverse of Silas, really. It's almost more like, uh, it's almost like a Wendy uh, or... I think more more appropriately, it's like a lucky, yeah, because you yeah. can see exactly how much you're gonna, and it, it and it stays in your hand until you know what the effect's going to be, mm. yeah, and it can work yeah. on any investigator at your location as well. Yeah, Peter's taking a test, reveals the minus five. Frank plays butterfly effect, and then we've got four choices. Frank can commit a card. I have to be at your location, obviously. Peter can commit another card, or you could pull back a card you'd committed, yeah. or I could pull back a card I'd committed as well. Yeah. So it gives actually a lot of scope to to riff on what we've seen. The, the fact that you don't have to play it until you've seen the Chaos Token, uh, mm. it's not like you have to preemptively know that this is, this is a crucial test. 
Um, it's yeah. like lucky. It's 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 a it's an unexpected courage in every test until you use yeah. it. Yeah. And I think yeah, exactly. It. You then also combine it with if you know you've got a nice boost in hand, like a promise of power or a inquiring mind. It just gives you so much flexibility to not commit that card to the test that you're only going to smash. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's spot on. One XP and zero cost. I mean, <laughs> I think it needs to be XP gated so it's just not run everywhere. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, it seems really decent. And it has a wild icon to boot. Yeah, it seems good. Yeah, seems no, really I, good. I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. You could even do some cheeky stuff like if you're committing, say, um, cards that care about what you pull, so a prescient to the test after the fact, because you know what the chaos token with a symbol oh, is. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Yeah, sorry. It's play when a chaos token with a symbol is. Oh, good. right. And I oh, said God. minus five. So, of course, it has to be symbol tokens. Right. That so limits it can't be its use a lot. Numeric tokens. Yeah. You uh, have to pull skull, cultist, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I've missed that. that totally as well. Yeah. But that's that's, no, 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 that's no, the first look experience, isn't it? Yeah, it is exactly. But that's so. Then it's coming out in Innsmouth. There are two new symbol tokens that you might have lots yeah, in the bag yeah, of bless yeah, and curse. So that makes sense. I mean, it does make you think then as well if you're playing, say, Dunwich, and there's only five symbol tokens in the bag because you're not letting the students get killed and cheating and all of that sort of thing, then maybe you don't look at this because the chance of pulling symbol tokens Also, is we, we've, we've taken all the symbol tokens out of the bag in our Innsmouth campaign. <laughs> yeah, or, or depending on how you're doing in Innsmouth, yeah, unless you're also doing Bless and Curse, maybe it's not appropriate. Yeah, so, yeah I, I, that, it's, that definitely it's, depends. It's, I think it's, yeah. still, it's still nice, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially on some of those scenarios where the the symbol tokens can be really really bad and it's blessed so Mateo can take it. run it and if he <laughs> if no there's a serious point here if he pulls an elder sign which means he's automatically succeeding yeah anything he's committed to the test is sort of a waste yeah unless the test was no even if the test was really hard it's, unless his stat was somehow reduced to zero while taking no even that wouldn't matter <laughs> yeah so so it's definitely worth pulling the card back I got there in the end yeah, so you save save some card. You've chucked in your guts and realise you don't need it in there anymore. Yeah, funky card. And it's Adam S. Doyle art. He did a load of Netrunner art, didn't he? He did, yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he did um, right. knife, fork and spoon and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yah This is quite a netrunner yeah. bit of art. Yeah, I really like his style. Cool. Right, do you want to read us Third Time's a Charm? Yeah, uh, Third Time's a Charm. I'm sort of tempted to get reading this wrong twice. Um, I might do that anyway. Let's let's see how we go. Okay. Right, third time's a charm. This is a one cost event. It's two XP. It has a willpower, a combat, and an agility pip, and it's spirit traded. Fast play when a skill test at your location begins twice during this test. When an investigator reveals a chaos token, they may cancel it, return to the chaos bag, and reveal a new chaos token. Very good. I, I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know what the art is meant to be showing here. I don't know where, what the third time's a charm, how it relates to the art on the card. That's <laughs> a really good point. There's only two of them. Have they tried to summon that creature twice, and this is the third time? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, this... this... I, like, I like that it has three icons. Yes. If only it was three cost and three XP. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it seems good, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to pass a test and you know you don't want to draw the the um uh the auto fail token you could do this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes it interacts with any token importantly yeah so it could you could even be in one of those situations where you're you're one up or something like that and it's like a 45 percent chance you pass giving yourself three attempts to hit the 45 percent rather than one isn't isn't dreadful well here's a question then what's the we need to figure out what the odds of improving your chance of passing the test. Is there a combination we're missing here? Is this good for fishing for, like, if you're doing combo failure builds or something with, with um, Look What I Found and things like that? Mm, mm. Because it, it feels, to an extent, you'd be better off adding more tokens, to more icons to your test rather than mm. pulling more tokens. Yeah. I mean, I guess it yeah. it, it, it it reduces. Uh, will it third the chances of drawing the auto fail? 
if you have three t- chances of pulling a token, you are putting them back between yeah. revealing the tokens, right? Yes. So t- for you to pull the autofail with third times a charm, you'd have to pull autofail, cancel it, pull autofail, cancel it, pull autofail, which means you'd need to get whatever that one in, you know, if the bag's 20, it's one in uh, 400 times 20, right? 4,000, 8, one in 8,000, is that right? One in 20 times one in 20 times one in 20? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it makes the odds of complete failure disappear. Maybe there's a fail thing that you're doing, right? There's also, like, cancelling and returning things to the bag, it does make me think about bless and curse as well. Well, this is it. it this could combo with, this is not blessed traded, so, so Matteo can't take no. it. But, but I mean, if you're doing something like a dark prophecy or a or an Olive McBride kind of thing, and you're trying to get those curse tokens, mm-hmm. you've got more chance of doing it, because you could draw a second yeah. token, cancel that, and then replace that with something else. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, because it's during the test when an investigator reveals a token, they can cancel it. You could be really selective then if you're doing a big fish of tokens. Well, I'll cancel that zero, and I'll cancel that plus one, because I'm really wanting to hit whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It's strange, isn't it? I think this is one where I really want to see it in action to get a feel for it yeah. and say, yeah, this is this is working or isn't working. This definitely feels like a card where in my local Facebook group, after they hear this episode, someone is going to tag me in a comment and say, Peter, you're an idiot. You've missed such and such. Okay. Yeah. I definitely feel like there's, there's an interaction I'm, I'm not getting. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm reckoning. Like, like, well. a, like a really cool use of this card. I mean, there could be that thing. There's the slightly the meme thing now of survivors pulling plus ones and accidentally passing tests. Like it could, it could be that you're using this in one respect to make sure you fail. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's what I I was trying to hint at earlier. You know, you, yeah, you're I trying think, to get yeah. uh, like a minus two so you can trigger your look what I found level three or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then live and learn or something to 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 do it again. So so you know yeah, maybe yeah. kind of. Survivor nonsense. Yeah. And we have one final card. A neutral card. One cost, two XP, event, wild icon, manipulate destiny. It's a spell, which means you could put it on um, Diana Esperance. Uh, Yes. Reveal tokens from the chaos bag until you reveal a curse, an autofail, a bless, or an elder sign token. If you revealed... A curse or autofail token, deal two damage to an enemy at your location. If you revealed a bless or elder sign token, heal two damage from an investigator or ally asset at your location. This action does not provoke attacks of opportunity. What do you make of that? So uh, I think being a neutral card, it's lacking a little bit of punch. So so I'm going to do something you don't like. I would say if it was... (laughs) If it was three, three damage. If it dealt yeah. three damage or healed three damage, even yeah, if it cost be a- two, um, I think think it would be a lot more appealing. Um, but because it's neutral, it has to kind of rein the power level in a little bit. Mm. Mm. And I think the fact that it's you'd really want either of those effects to be good for you to want to do this. I feel. Mm. Yes, you don't want to play this when you don't have anyone to heal and then pull the elder sign. Before you've pulled a cursor or an auto fail. Yes. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Because even if you've got like four or five, I mean, if you've got four or five curse tokens in the bag, there's still a not insignificant chance you'll pull the Elder Sign and get the heal instead. Yeah. And if you're in a situation where you're using this to try and deal damage to an enemy, healing something Mm. that you don't need healed seems totally useless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the heal I like for healing, say, guardian allies that do something with their health pool. Heal a beat cop so I can do more pings, heal a Gret Wagner and get more clues. Yeah, or Mark to get a stat boost. Or Mark, exactly, yeah, to keep him beefed up. Or also if you're running this in guardian and healing your five health, Daisy or Luke or someone who's who you maybe been beaten up engaging deep ones or things like that earlier on so like i can see applications for the healing yeah that that are nice but one cost for two heals is okay but it's not well i mean it's better than emergency aid that's two costs for two isn't it so yeah 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 yeah. 
and this is neutral, so it's it's, it's never going to be as yeah. good as a, as a faction card. I tell you what else you could mm. do then is um, there are cards that seal both the Elder Sign and the Autofail token, right? <laughs> Crystalline Elder Sign and Seal of the Seventh. Yeah, Sign. exactly, yeah. And, and potentially um, Premonition if you get yeah, you get lucky yeah. slash unlucky. So yeah, there there are ways to manipulate your destiny <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and and kind of force the result you want. And if you're going down one of those routes, maybe maybe you look at this card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the other way is if you are going heavily curse or heavily bless. You know, if you run this card in say Systemary and you're not running any curse stuff, this is probably a heal card. It might sometimes be two damage, but it's probably healing. Whereas if you run this in our curse team, <laughs> we do sometimes have bless in the in the bag, but this is probably a two damage card. Yeah. And what you're paying for, why it's two XP, is that it can be both. And I think the ideal is you're in a four player team and you're running bless and curse, and you've got one player who spits out manipulate destinies every so often, and it's sort of mildly helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you go go with that. So that is the player cards of Devil Reef. Which card are you most excited about, Peter? Which card am I most excited about is ooh, good question. I think there's some, I think there's some that are good, which I'd like mm-hmm. to play with. I think under surveillance is good. I think yeah. priest of the two faces is potentially good. I think radiant smite is good. Rogues have done well in this pack with yeah, under surveillance and priest of the two faces. Two very solid rogue cards, but I think mm-hmm. um interested to try the truth beckons and see what effect it has yeah i'm interested to see if i can find a home for keen eye level zero actually i I like to revisit slips every so often and just see what what's changed with this deck building and if i can do (laughs) more more interesting stuff with him so so maybe i'll I'll, that keen eye will give me a a chance to do that he's like your sleeper favorite investigator isn't he yeah yeah well i mean i said that you don't realize he is but then yeah investigators i just think he's yeah he's got a really uh, there's a cool narrative I think you can build around him. Yeah, and I think he, he could run fast in bargain now as well. He can, yeah, and I think he he's been very unfairly maligned over the, over the early history of the game, mm. Um, mm. and he's he's definitely got a niche nowadays. Uh, and actually, I think uh, I'd like to experiment with Abyssal Tome as well. So, so if you were to push me yeah. the ones I'm most interested in, probably <laughs> the Truth Beckons and Abyssal Tome. How about you? Okay, okay, yeah, I think. I think the standout for me is Under Surveillance. I think that's a really cool card. But yeah, I like the pack. I think it's good. I'd be really interested sort of on the other end to see if Kenai or Blood Pact make it into any level zero decks. Yeah. So maybe I'll set myself a little challenge of picking some decks that that's worth putting in. I think of of the two, Blood Pact is maybe the more interesting. (laughs) Because I think... (laughs) There is something inherently interesting or, or, or skillful, I think, about about manipulating Doom. Yeah, yeah. Getting rich as a guardian and just saying, I'll put two in this turn doesn't have the same <laughs> skill ceiling, does it? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, there we go. Cool. Thanks very much for listening. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, Twitter, designed by humans and Patreon. Come and become a patron if you aren't already. Thank you to all our current patrons. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you.